Hi, everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps chat. Really lucky to have joining me on today's chat, my friend Mick Kirsten, CEO of TaskTop. Mick, welcome. Hi, Alan. How's it going? It's good. Always, it's always better when you're here, Mick. It's a, always good conversations, good learning. Uh, I, I think our audience enjoys, enjoys the, the uh, finding out what's new with TaskTop as well as what's going on. What are the trends in the DevOps market? Um, wanted to jump right to it. I, I don't want to take a lot of time talking about who is TaskTop, Mick. I, I think at this point our audience is, is really familiar but I do want to quickly mention that in addition to being the CEO of TaskTop, you're also author of the book um, Program, no, Project to Program. Project to Product. It could be Program. Um, right. In some like cases it is, actually. But yeah, yep. Project to Product. Which is kind of, you know, I think people in the know in the community are, are, are rallying kind of around that concept that we – you know, we need to be product centric rather than project centric and, um, and all that that entails. And we're going to talk more about that in terms of value stream management and stuff later. But first, uh, I know you guys just recently released some news. Yeah, we just announced some interesting OEM partnerships. I, you know, we've, we've always had this interesting role in the industry um, by working with, with everybody. Uh, there's just such a large number of vendors innovating in, in terms of how modern tool chains are composed, how, how software is built and delivered and, and operated. And so we're really happy to have expanded our OEM partnership with Tricentis, as an example. Uh, Tricentis acquired... Uh, QTest, the, the product, yeah. and this is exactly what we've doubled down in terms of making sure that product can talk to all the other uh, tools that we support out of our ecosystem of 60 tools that we provide bi-directional, real-time, and model-based integration. So that's the, that's the QTest OEM, and, and it's been pretty amazing to see how Tricentis has actually been innovating on, the, on, on automated testing and model-based um, testing. And uh, and really now with Q test closer to the way dev teams test as well. So that's been a, uh, a nice expansion of a relationship. Sure. Well, Tricentis is of course a company that raised, I want to say like 165 million dollars inside venture. Yes. Uh, inside right. partners probably led that financing, and their CEO is a pretty dynamic guy, and I'm forgetting his name right now. Sandeep. But yeah, Sandeep's great. Sunday, I had met Sandeep and his wife at an event, and uh, just great, really brilliant, kind of real Silicon Valley kind of heritage there, though Though Tricentis is based in Austria, as you know. Um, so th that's great. But, you know, that's always been sort of, as you mentioned, that's been a bit of the heritage of Tastop, Mick, right? You guys were always sort of Switzerland in that you, you worked with, you know, any – virtually any kind of DevOps tools that companies are using, you guys set out to make it work. Exactly. That. Yeah, that's exactly it. As we, you know, we see customers adopting different tools, sometimes for different purposes, right? If you're automating testing, well, you know, that's a great way to go uh, with, with the Tricentis solutions. Um, we support numerous other test vendors. We still see, you know, customers uh, increasing their footprints in, in Microfocus and actually Sandeep, um, was the one, you know, get, goes back to the HP days of, of acquiring Mercury, right? So that's this yeah. kind of big, uh, long-lived ecosystem 
which has really been defining the and evolving with changing software practices. And another, by the way, really exciting announcement um, that we just made as well is an OEM with PlanView. So this is a, a brand new OEM. And what's so interesting about this one is that PlanView is one of those traditionally PM, project portfolio management companies that's actually helping companies make the shift from project to product. So you're really well aligned with, with our vision around this and, and with the book. And uh, they acquired LeanKit as well, you know, one of yep. a very slick agile tool. And, and so it's, it's just been great to announce that OEM and to work with the customers on, again, this transition, because everyone knows this transition, transition takes multiple vendors. Uh, organizations are picking PlanView in order to help modernize how they do project portfolio program management, and more interestingly, how they shift into uh, product management, which, again, I am obviously uh, quite emphatic with the fact that the only way to innovate at scale Enterprise IT is by taking a product point of view. So these partnerships, I think, you know, they both represent where these best of read and truly innovative vendors are going. How we're making them work for the broader ecosystem is these new, you know, new tools grow as well as existing tools like Azure DevOps, right? For the the new fast version of of TFS, um, gaining ground all over the place. Jira continuing to grow, you know, ServiceNow um, being the tool of choice for many in, in terms of the yeah. ITSM side. So it's it's uh, as lively as ever in terms of playing the role of sports. Well, well, the tools market is just, you know, crazy. We're actually working on something new this year at DevOps.com. We called our DevOps Tool Guides and Awards. We're going to do awards at the end of the year. But we've come up. You know, there's been a lot of ways to do the sort of topography, if you will, of DevOps. You know, there's the, uh, the Zibia Labs folks had that uh, periodic table. And at one point, there was sort of a subway map from another vendor, mm -hmm. Atomic. So we, we've come up with new buckets on how we, how we categorize the different tools and, and vendors in the market. And I don't want to – this is your podcast, not mine. Uh, but – you know, it, 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 it's such a lively place with so much overlap and so much going on. But, you know, when you, I, I want to make clear and make sure the audience understands, Mick, there's, there's two faces, if you will, of these integrations in OEMs you do. One is, think of desktop as the receptacle in the wall, right, that these tools plug into. But, it's not like electric where everyone is either on AC or DC. Well, it is kind of like electric where every country has a different, you know, prong set. Every tool yeah. needs its own little integration, right? Even with the world of APIs and everything else, it, it, there's some, somewhat of a one-off with each of these tools. Um, and, that's, and that's what we talk about integration, right? When we talk about integrating sort of the tricentis and, and that of the world. Then there's the OEM aspect of it where these are, and if I'm wrong, correct me, Mick, these other companies are taking the Tastop product and whether they be white labeling it or labeling it under their own branding or not, right, are using Tastop as the, as the glue or as the central hub to allow these other tools to work together, right? And that, to me, is what the difference between OEM versus integrations. 
That's right. That's exactly it. So these these companies, they, they want to help an organization get better at what they do, right? PlanView wants to make an organization better at tracking and connecting IT and software to strategy. So, But to do that, they need to work with this this host of different agile and DevOps tools out there because that's where the activity, that's where the work is happening. So through their OEM, they're actually able to connect to multiple of those tools where they're able to sell a version of CastOp specific to their integration needs. Uh, then if the customer wants to connect more tools, they can expand their footprint of CastOp. But that's really how our business works. Now, I think your more interesting point as well is this, this electricity analogy. And, what is it about connecting these tools that's, that's hard? What is it about, it's interesting. Everyone, I think, starts out thinking integrating with Jira is easy. And then a year later, they realize integrating with Jira is the hardest, one of the hardest things out there. And it's not because Jira doesn't have great API. Jira's got great API. And it's the fact that, we, that basically every large company, and sometimes every part of every large company, has their own electrical socket for Jira because they've customized it so much. They've created their own workflows and they've created their own rules around the workflows and so on. So anything that's created out of the box does not plug properly into that socket. So that's where Telstop's taking a completely different approach to integration. We don't actually try to make your integration with Jira work out of the box the moment you set up Telstop. What we do, uh, it's actually an approach is somewhat similar to Tricentis model-based based testing, by the way. But what we do is we have model-based integration, which means the customer who's made this total mess of Jira by allowing you know, every team to have their own de eight definitions of what a defect is and their own types, they can model a common definition of a defect and have those different Jira teams map into that common model. So rather than we work with all the APIs, have this robust and high integration layer and all those kind of things, but the customer has to create these integration models and plug them in to deal with all the different variables they have with their tools. Because the most popular tools, it turns out, have been the most customizable ones, which is why integration became so hard and so intractable by just trying to plug tools together point to point. So, Alan, I think I feel like we're almost close to an analogy, but it's like we're this universal, uh, universal plug where that you can plug any plug into, and you know sometimes attach raw wires to it if you need. So, well, to me, it's almost more Mick. You know, so I use a MacBook Pro back in the office, right? And now they have USB C, and I have a USB C that goes into like a little white thing that has a regular USB plug into it. And then that regular USB plug is plugged into a USB bus, right? Which allows me to plug in six or seven different peripherals, whether it be, yeah. I'm trying to remember what the heck's plugged into there, but there's a whole bunch of stuff plugged into there. And, and to me, TaskTop very much becomes that USB bus, if you will, that allows all these different peripherals who, who, like you said, it, it's not just the API. There's, it, there's a one-off. The, the other thing, though, and I, I think this is really one of the uh, special sauce or one of the really unique, cool things about TaskTop is, you know, all of these tools require this kind of stuff. Give our audience an idea, Mick. How many different tools is TaskTop working with these days? We're at 60, which 
I know it sounds crazy, and for us it is a little bit crazy because we have to test every version of every one of those tools. We have to make sure we support them in our integration factory. We're adding over two dozen versions, uh, tested every single release. So um, every quarter we announce another two dozen versions of these tools, and, and we frequently announce new tools as new niche tools become available. Right? As tools grow in their adoption or in their feature set, right? when we started working with JAMA, um, which is a you know, sort of more product-oriented uh, agile tool that's used for complex software delivery and systems. Uh, it had a pretty small footprint. It's expanded a lot, so we keep we keep adding features to these tools as well. So, you know, what's what's really happening is that there's the there's this enormous um, breadth of these tools, and I think Alan, your your USB analogy is interesting, right? Because there, there used to be this view in the industry, um, and this was, you know, kind of even agile and DevOps. But how do you connect things? You know, you, we know we need best of breed things to work. Right? That's anytime any industry gets sufficiently complex, have multiple vendors, you have you have some kind of best of breed. You want the best tools for your staff, and they keep asking you for the latest new tool. And as that happens in agile, it's almost become a fashion industry. The, the you know the, the number of tools we've got. It's, 60 is a pretty big number. Um, it, it's a number I did not quite expect. I thought we'd be supporting two or three dozen. So years ago. So the amazing thing with USB-C is it's, a, it's, it's basically a smart pipe, right? So you've got the industry used to think, okay, well, we need smart endpoints so we can have dumb pipes and we can plug anything together. Yep. Um, make standards, open source, the like open standards to allow tools to connect. But the tools became so sophisticated uh, that that didn't work. So I think what we've realized is we actually need the endpoints are very niche and specific. We need smart pipes between them, right? We need like you to translate and figure out, well, is this a Thunderbolt signal? Is it the whiteboard or is it UPA? Uh, and and that's, that's kind of what TASTOP is. Right? You can plug everything in, program, you basically model how things flow across that pipe, um, across what we call our, our hub, and, and then everything just works. Absolutely. So, Mick, you know, as always happens when you and I talk, we, we find ourselves going on and on and we run up against the wall. But I, this whole thing kind of, to me, we're, we're a galaxy circling around a, a gigantic black hole, a massive black hole here. And that black hole is value stream management, right? Because what we see with value stream management and what's driving desktop to go round and round, right, to the accreditation zone or whatever it was from Interstellar, if you remember the movie. Event horizon. That, right, the event horizon, exactly, right? So what's driving all of this is the proliferation of how many tools, whether it be, as you said, an enterprise, a division of an enterprise, or even not even such a big company. The amount of tools these companies have on hand from one way or another is staggering. And they all want them to work together in some fashion and in, some, and in, in a lot of cases in a very deep fashion. And, and so the ability to figure out what a company is trying to accomplish in bringing a product, not a project, to market, right? Um, and, and how do we use all of these tools in a way that complements each other is, is really almost at the heart of what we talk about with value stream management, no? Absolutely. And I, I think the key thing is 
the so there's this proliferation but in the end the tools don't matter what matters is that you deliver value to your customers internal external customers through these software products and the tools support that and they need to support it and you should use as few tools as you can in order to support that in order to meet the needs of your teams and the, the different specializations and software delivery right testers and developers and service staff desk staff just need a different user experience which is why we end up with this proliferation tools that are good for azure are less good for java um, and so on so so we've ended up with this but the key with value management is it's, it's it needs to, it refocuses the conversation of managing the delivery of value supported by tools rather than you know just managing this endless proliferation of tools so i think it's a really important shift in the conversation and it's really how we're trying to get our customers to think you need to manage value delivery supported by your tool chain and and basically optimize your tool chain for flow if you're going to if you're going to bring in a new tool well it better make things flow faster right let's say a dedicated user experience to screen design tool you should only bring that in if it's going to make it flow faster and it will so but you need to actually know that and to measure it uh, in order to basically you know basically make sure that you're managing your value strains and not having them manage you so an interesting observation from me and my perched devops.com is we couldn't have this value stream management conversation without a maturation of the devops tools market where first of all you had all of these tools available you had customers or organizations using all these tools and we recognize and, and it really goes to the heart of what devops is about we recognize that the same way we want people to work together we want our tools to work together right so I think value stream management represents another indication of maturation in the DevOps market. The fact that value stream management is becoming such a front and center, right, requirement today. I agree. I think that's exactly what it is. Is we've seen this, you know, both the expansion, the specialization of tools, uh, and it, it absolutely is. We we've seen this in other markets, right? I I live this with programming languages and developer tools. Yeah. You get you, you need to basically elevate things above the point of having you know arguments about uh, Jira versus Azure DevOps and start focusing on okay, for the this part of our organization, this is what we use. For this other part that's doing, you know, native, this is what we we need to manage the thing as a whole to maximize how much value we're, we're delivering. I think it exactly is. It's, it would not be possible, as you said, Alan, without the maturation. Uh, I agree. I agree. Nick, we got to disagree more on these things, though. <laughs> now, okay, next ne next time. Uh, next time we're gonna we have to yeah. do like you know a Jane, you ignorant slut yeah. kind of thing or something. Point counterpoint, but yeah. you know I. I mean, the good news is I, I respect, you know, Dr. McKirsten, I respect your views. And if I'm, if I'm agreeing with you, I, I got to assume I'm on the right track for a change. So <laughs> well, next time, Alan, let's make let's make a, a point of disagreeing in part two. So. We, we certainly <laughs> will. But in the meantime, man, hey, where can people get a copy of the book? Uh, just Google for Project to Product or go to projectproduct.org or your favorite bookseller like Amazon. It's so for that book, ebook, or or, or uh, physical book, or audio book, and all those, all that goodness. So, and I assume Tasktop will be at the DevOps Enterprise Summit in Vegas. Uh, I guess the end of next month. 
Absolutely. Still my favorite event. I'm, you know, looking forward to all the amazing things Gene's been doing around the Unicorn Project. I love yep. the, the early draft of that book. So that'll be an exciting event, both from the kind of, you know, I think for the entire ecosystem. So Very cool. Looking forward to seeing you there. Maybe we'll catch your video. Excellent. All right. All righty. Thank you, Dr. Thank McKirsten, you. CEO, Tasktop. From Project to Product is the book, Tasktop is the company check it out value stream management and more mick until next in, well until about two months i'll speak to you then see you then alan thank you very much all right